This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. It's been a wonderful past months worldwide. And I know God is taking us to emerge from the squeeze that had been upon the whole world. And um, there shall be forward movement in the name of Jesus. A new dawn will come. And all things shall pass and all things shall surely become new. It is in line with that, I believe, the Lord gave us a theme for the month of April. And it says shall be our month of divine prosperity. And so, our text has been taken from 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Hallelujah. I wish above all things. And last week, we spoke about I wish, isn't it? And we spoke about why we ourselves, if we're expecting good things from the Lord, we must learn to wish good things for other people. And uh, today, we will focus a little bit more on the word prosper, amen, which means to succeed, to thrive, to flourish. And I have a working definition for to prosper, actually. Working definition means that, yes, dictionary says that, this and that. But I think that's another definition for it, which you can identify with, which is prosperity is an abundance of resource to perform desired objective. You agree with me? Abundance of resource to perform desired objective. So, we say a person is financially prosperous, he or she has abundance of resource to do whatever he or she wants to do. You agree with me? People that are prospering in their earth, they have abundance of resource to run up the stairs, do whatever they want to do, you know, and everything just fits in as they want it to be done. And I stand to tell you today that is essentially the plan of God for you and I. Hallelujah. Because our God never lacks resource. Amen. Whatever he wants to do, he has more than enough to do it. Amen. And because we are born of God, we are also supposed to have abundance of resource to do whatever you want to do. The days of trying to just scrounge here and there and get things together shall be over in the name of Jesus. We shall have abundant resource. Mental resource, spiritual resource, emotional resource. Some people, when anything is thrown at them, they can't stand because they are lacking in the emotional resource to stand up and fight back at it. The same thing can happen to two people, but they respond differently. But when prosperity of God comes, things change. Amen. But that in itself is not the end of prosperity. Hallelujah. That's not the end of it. Because I'm talking to you about having objectives, having goals, having things that needs to be done. The purpose of prosperity from God's perspective is so that we may do exploits for him. Amen. We may do things that we make us stand out. We may do things that we make God to be glorified. At least when we are talking in terms of the children of God. Does somebody in this room want to stand out for God? Just does not want to be ordinary. We live in a generation in which we try to make everything to be ordinary, but God has created us to be super ordinary, super extra. Hallelujah. If there's any word like that. 
So exploits will be what I will look at today, and the topic of our short admonition shall be exploits, the purpose of prosperity. Amen. Because we must know the why of the prosperity we are believing God for. Hallelujah. We must know the why. Why, why, why. And exploit simply means a striking or notable deed, feat, spirited, or heroic act. We think there are some special people that are called to, be, to do heroic acts or striking or notable deed. So before I go on, I want you to please be aware of the danger of prosperity without exploits. When you give somebody a lot of resource and they don't know what to do with it, it's dangerous. Hallelujah. You asked from David in 2 Samuel chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. The man had strength. He had money. He had everything that he wanted. It happened in the spring of the year. At the time when kings go to battle, that David sent... Uh, we go to verse 2 now, please. That David sent... Uh, okay, that it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house and from the roof... He saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. The rest is history. You know the rest of the story. Strong, but he was not using that strength. Prosperous, everything was peaceful around him. Every battle he went, he was winning. So prosperity in his hand became a trap for him. It shall not be a trap for you. There are some of us that are not ready for the kind of money God wants to give us. I hope you are aware of that. We did a Wednesday study here, and the house was divided along the middle. Which one is better to handle, poverty or prosperity? Uh, it's easier to handle. We are not doing that again today. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those that think that, oh, if I say poverty, well, God may say, well, you don't choose it. God eventually chooses it, I tell you. He chooses based on how ready and how prepared you are. So it's important for us to recognize and know that prosperity without commensurate responsibility for exploit can be dangerous. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21, was also a man there whose farm did very well. And the man sat back. He sat back. There are some people anointed. They have not been doing anything with it. Anointed to minister in various sections of the Christendom. Anointed to speak for Jesus. Anointed to do exploits in ministering in songs and in charity work, but they've not been using it. And some have been attacked by the enemy because they've not done what's supposed to be done by them. Also, there can be what I call the delusion of prosperity without exploits. Amen. Delusion of prosperity without exploits. It can be delusional thinking that you can have prosperity actually without exploit. That was what the man in Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 30, the parable of the talent was doing. He was given two talents. The man said, oh, well, um, it's okay now. Let me just go and put it somewhere. Just bury it. I'm not going to invest it. I'm not going to work with it. It was delusional. When the master came, the master said, there's nothing like that in my kingdom. Whatever I give you, you must put to use. Whatever I supply to you, you must bring returns on them. So it's delusional to think that we can prosper without us also doing what? Doing exploits with it. We shall do exploits. Because where the Lord is taking us is very far. Hallelujah. 
That's why it's putting all the stops and, and things there so that we may know what to do. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. You must know that by rote. You must know that, you know, by heart now. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, possibly verse 25. He said, there is one who scatters yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. May you know how to scatter. Oh, it is good. It is good to give. It's good to serve the Lord with what you have. We mentioned a lot of that last week. Just keep sowing into people's life. It will return back to you. Because it's the plan and the purpose of God for us to succeed. Hallelujah. I have quite a few things to talk about this afternoon. And I can tell you more and more. But please, the normal Christian life should be one in which we are doing exploits. Hallelujah. And as a good passage in Acts chapter 9. Thank you, Lord. Let, let, let's do that together. Let's just do a short study in that one. I, I love doing that. Acts chapter 11, we start from verse 36 and we read to verse 40. And I'll ask you a few questions. Who are the star actors and actresses in that place? There is one. Oh, gosh. Acts chapter 9, verse um, 36, please. Acts 9, 36. All right. Let me go for it. Acts 9. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha which is translated Dorcas, this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds which she did. All right, please listen carefully and follow me. We'll take much time on that. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room, verse 38. And since Lydia was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. The woman was already dead, verse 39. Then Peter arose and went with them. When they had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunings and garments we doctors are made while she was with them. And verse 40, finally, but Peter pulled them all out and knelt down and prayed and turned to the body and he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. How many actors and actresses can you count there? Quickly, how many? Many, good. Starting with huh? Peter, yes, okay. Peter, any other person? Tabitha herself, because she was doing good work, wasn't she? She was doing a lot of first play. And who else? The widows themselves. Who else? Disciples, everybody put their hand to make the miracle happen, starting with Tabitha, who God gave material resource to and energy to weave things for people. I tell you, everything God has given unto us, we must use very well. Amen. And when I'm talking about prosperity, don't think of just money. It is those little things that we do that we mushroom into bigger things. And very quickly, three things I want to mention to you before I go to the main body of the exploit for prosperity explained. Doing exploits as a child of God should be natural because your birth equips you for it. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you remember very well? It said, For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Call that people that you may show his glory. So by birth. And in First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, he said, You are not born with incorruptible seed, but with corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. There's something about you when you gave your life to Christ. That prepares you and leads you along the path of prosperity. Hallelujah. There's something about your new birth that prepares you for prosperity. We must not miss it. Amen. When you give your life to Christ, you're no longer ordinary. I might look at myself as ordinary, but I'm not. That's why sometimes you have seen so many miracles that you didn't plan for. You see so many breakthroughs because it's in your gene that you should prosper. Number two, reason why you must 
by all means, let prosperity and abundance of resource be natural to you. Your call demands it. John chapter 15, verse 16. Not only why you are born again, if you are born again, that that has been wired into you to prosper, also your call requires it. John chapter 15, verse 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should have remained. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may do what? He may give it to you. That is the purpose why he called us, so that we can have resources to do what he wants us to do. Number three, your reward will be based on it. Eventually, you'll be rewarded on the last day due to the amount of exploit that you did. Matthew chapter 25, as we mentioned before, from 15, 14 or 16 all to the end. Now, let me quickly rush and talk to you about exploits for prosperity explain. And I'll give you five statements in that. Why do we say we need to do exploits when... If we, are, if we need to plan to do exploits if we will receive abundance of resources from God. Number one, the person that does not do exploits will naturally be exploited. The person that does not do exploits. You see, we tend to think that's a middle road. We tend to think that there is a place where, let me just live ordinary life. There's nothing like the person that does not do exploits will eventually be exploited. Don't be a victim. Amen. I say amen. amen. I say amen. amen. Press for it. Amen. You need money, ask God to give you. Amen? amen. And have in mind what you want to do with the money. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me clearly? You need anointing that God can use you to bless other people. Laying hands, teaching. Doing your work well as a doctor. Doing your work well as a teacher. The best teacher in Scotland. Purpose in your heart that you will be that. Don't just be ordinary because anyone that is not climbing eventually will go down. Law of gravity will pull the person down. You won't go down. Are you hearing me? Am I pushing you too hard? Oh, I'm not. Trust me. You relax a little bit. You find that all sorts of things start growing. Don't you know the house that there's no movement there? What normally goes in the house? Cob. Your life won't have cobwebs. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything quiet. Let me just wake up, eat and drink and sleep. Everything is okay like that. Uh-uh. Do you know a house that is not occupied will eventually be dilapidated? Have you, do you know that? Just leave the house. We call it the second law of... Um, that's the second law of thermodynamics, yes. Everything tends to disorganization. You don't push, the thing will push. So from now, brethren, we will push. Amen. You will have goals. Oh, I love, who does not like pleasure? Who does not? But we have learned that if that's all our pursuit, sooner than later, the thing we eat a person up. If you have tasted a little bit of pleasure, you will know it's good. You know it's good. Just travel the world. I learned that you know, some of you in this room, you've been dreaming. You know that? <laughs> you don't even know what the dream is. <laughs> Your dream shall come to pass. <laughs> so let me, let me first encourage you. <laughs> because I was going to question your dream, actually. But, <laughs> but since you've tied my hands now by your... We've been dreaming, so... Hallelujah. 
Some of us, you know, I've, I've, I've dreamt about it too. I saw, I was reading one newspaper at the time. You know, Daily Mail, they used to do a spread. I think about the weekend. Uh, they do the last few pages like that. And they will talk about worldwide cruise. That you will cruise around the world in 180 days. For there was one that they said is 365 days. So all, all through the year, you will just be on the water. You'll be going from town to town. You come down, you go back and eat and sleep. Ah. I can pray that God will give you. On the proviso that that trip will be filled, you will purpose your heart that you bring many souls to Jesus. But usually by the time you say that, by the time you get there, eating and drinking, you forget. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong in having good things. Amen. What I'm saying is that what is God's portion there? Because go back home and read Luke chapter 12. Where that man said, I now have everything. Let me now relax. Because that's where the problem was. Are you listening to me? He said, let me now put up my legs. He said, for the rest of my life, just enjoy. And the Bible says that because you are not rich towards God, that enjoyment will be cut short. Your enjoyment will not be cut short. You will have plans for each day. Do you know that's the reason why those rich people, they don't stop working? That's the reason why God is using them to teach us. They've built software companies that is taking over the whole world, and yet they're still like stick, traveling around the world, doing charity. You know why? They know the secret of prosperity. Ah, uh, I wish I should not be saying this in church, because we should know it first. I think we should know it first. They, they have the money, they just, they just get busy. Because they know that whatever you have that is not, that is not driving you, what, how do I put that now? That is not causing you to get up and do something good for others. It's a matter of time it will go. I say it with all sense of pain and, and, and respect. Round the corner there, a few miles away, about an hour drive from here, a very prosperous fishing town. Before you oil and gas people came to town and, you know, got affected by it. Fraserboro. Very rich town. I've been there a few times in the initial stages when we were evangelizing the place with Pastor Wilfred. The place became so blighted by drug abuse because when, because in those days, man, there's money in fishing. A trawler goes like that, they come out with tens of thousands of pounds of, uh, of worth. And every big, big houses there, everybody sank into because there's nothing bigger than money. We shall have something bigger than money. Please believe me, brethren. We are about, we are at the cusp of something great. And that will only happen. When we do it God's way. Hallelujah. But people are waking up now. People know that when you have money, you're supposed to do something worthwhile with it. The Lord will grant you yours in Jesus' name. And your heart will open. Amen. You believe the word of the Lord. You will have visions and plans. You will prepare to spend your time, your energy, your gifting, everything for Jesus. Amen. I feel challenged sometimes. And I hope God will give me that grace to do it. I have friends and classmates, uh, you know, we're doing some meetings of our reunion, fellow believers like myself. Thank God I'm in the mission field here. Not great means in terms of money. Somewhere in West Africa, somewhere in East Africa, doing mission work, medical mission. Gifted. 
what will you do for your master? Is somebody listening to me? Some of you can talk very well. You know that. You've never helped us with evangelism. And your ability to talk is, and those of us that we struggle to talk, it is very obvious. We have, have to do what we have to do. And yes, some of you, if you sit down talking like this, people's jaw will drop. Sometimes we only use it to gossip a little bit. I've come with both carrot and stick today. And I pray the Lord will start something up in you. What am I going to do for God? Amen. If you say divine prosperity, what am I giving him? Hallelujah. Have you planned something for the community? Immediately, the shutdown is lifted. Uh, every department, choir, have you? CSR, have you? Ushering, have you? Or those of us that are sanctuary keepers, what impact do we want to make? How do we want to make Jesus known? And those of you that are very humorous, very, very humorous, you know, you, are, you, you can crack jokes like no man's, you can make anybody laugh. Sometimes I look at some of those our pre distant um, your countdown to service. Some of those clips about Christmas carol, how people's face lit up. Do you sometimes look at it? I just look at it and say, wow, so this thing touched people. Because I'm facing front. I didn't see them. I was facing, I, I would be facing front. But people genuinely were, you know, with the children dancing and we have, you know, doing some stones and just got everybody laughing. And many of us, we have something in us that the world is waiting for that God has put in you. Will you do exploit with it? Will you deploy it for Jesus? And as you do so, he will remember you for good as well. Number two, exploits never go unnoticed. It is what announces you to those who will love to oppress you, those who will love to suppress you, those who will love to mock you. Exploits can never go. I mean, every time in the Bible you hear them say, and, you know, I think Acts chapter, somewhere in Acts chapter 4, he said, we cannot deny that a notable miracle has been done. We went to Union Square one time to go and, um, and just sing. And people stayed, you know, uh, before, you know, the guards came or whatever, and they were asking us to leave. I remember one of those days, you know, we just went in there, you know, because they say it's private property, so you can't preach there. You can preach outside on the court, which is not true, because even the court itself, the car park is still their property. But I think they allowed us. So we went in there. I think it was during the, um, this thing that I called turning. And so when the man was leading me out, I was pushing me, and I said, you need to leave now. You cannot, you know, talk about Jesus uh, within the walls of the, of the, of the, of the um, Union Square. So as he was leading me out, as I was going, so I started talking to him about it. So he stopped. And so these, the guard that was supposed to lead me out then became an accomplice in the same offense. So, so I gave him the thing. I led him through the prayer. <laughs> so as we, as we were going, eventually we got to the door, we went. The place is ripe. May God help us. And I pray that we will, we will, we will push ourselves a little bit more. Hallelujah. It is what we announce. And even those that want to suppress us is, is, the, is, the, is the flurry. You know, how do I put it now? Is the shine that you shine within family circles that will make people put you up there and say, this one is not a meat for us. But you sit down with them, eat with them, drink with them, do everything with them. They just, it's another one of them. But I can put, God can put at that pedestal. And immediately they say, don't go there. Because some of those testimonies in our midst already. And many more will come in Jesus' name. 
Number three, in some circumstances, exploits are not optional but mandatory. Don't negotiate, go for it. I've talked about the ones, those ones I will be telling you, they are just choices, isn't it? And choose to witness, choose to serve the Lord, choose to have money that you'll be used for the kingdom of God. But in some circumstances, exploits are not optional but mandatory. You can't negotiate it. And that's what happened into those people in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. When the king said, go and kill everybody, that does not interpret. Whether Daniel liked it or not, he had to call on God to release capacity to him so that he could interpret the king's dreams. It's not a matter of something must happen. Uh, sometimes it's necessary um, that God himself will put, on, put one in a situation in which you need to he will stir up what he has put in you. Will stir up what he has put in you because that is his goal and his promise for our lives in the name of Jesus. Number four, I'm moving quickly now because we need to pray, and there are some things that I'm expecting the Lord to do today. Hallelujah. Exploit making capabilities are wired into individuals, families, groups, and nations. Get your identity right and leave it out. You know, Samson, even in death, he, <laughs> even in death, he still did some exploit. He just pull everything down. You belong to a group, like a church, like a family. Identify what are the characteristics. Some of you, you come from fam even natural families. In which there are a particular gift that God has given, talent has given unto you, that family. Are you using yours? Some came from very bold families. From their grandparents to their parents to themselves. They just faced these situations. Get up and use it for Jesus. Some came from families in which they are very cerebral. They are thinkers there. When they're having village meeting like this, everybody has spoken. It is when your grandfather opens the mouth, and you made that story, opens the mouth and spoke, that everybody say, ah, that's where we will go. Why don't you find out and say, okay, if that's be the case, Lord, with your own wisdom in me, I will be the problem solver for wherever. In that office, I will keep quiet. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. That is in my generation. That's the talent that is in my line. There are some, they are incredible peacemakers, not just bringing things that will, you know, when everybody is, is frazzled and troubled and there's some calmness about you and God is expecting you to use that wherever you are. Brethren, there are some hardwired things into us. I'm an 100% believer in that. We mentioned that on Wednesday, you remember? That we said even Peter still continue to use what God put in him. What is there in your line? And every, if anything is, and anyway, don't look at the negative. Let's just look at the positive. I will lie to you if I tell you, if I don't, if I don't admit that in my lineage, on one of my sites, uh, let me give myself some degree of privacy there. On one of my sites, tenacity is there. I met it. Tenacity. You just face something and... When people are saying, just, just, I met it. And I said, wow, stillness. I don't think I've developed it to the extent I should develop it. So it's all on my side. And well known. That it comes with a bit of stubbornness. Thank God. I don't think that's showing much in me. Thank God. Maybe because of Christ. Yeah, it comes with a bit of stubbornness. You said they are asked to do something like that. Even in the toughest of situations where others are crushing, just still. To the extent that the person did not even bother others. I said, I will carry this thing myself. I said, why am I jelly sometimes? Why am I bothered sometimes? That's wired in me. Come out. 
A little news, sometimes I start, I start getting what I said. No, that's not your stock. That's not the gene you carry. So I do a little bit of self-talk. Which self-talk are you doing to yourself? I could have focused just on the stubbornness of each, but I decided, I said, well, and I knew this person. My, oh my, ah, man. Even family members, I said, why? He said, no, no. He said, that I will stand. It's not even a male personality. I'm talking about a female personality. But I've missed a lot in that. What I'm simply telling you, folks, is that we are created to do exploits. Amen. And through that, that person stood tall and raised many great people and grandchildren for the glory of the name of the Lord. Because some of the grandchildren that actually had strong contact with her, to be honest with you, they did very, very well. This particular person I'm talking about. So I have close contact with her. They imbibe that thing. Contacts make a lot of difference. Hallelujah. No matter the family you came from, there's something good there. Amen. Find it out and take your own. What about your church family? Amen. I don't want to sound the trumpet of this church, but there are some positive things that if you stay long enough here, it will, it will rub off on you. You agree with me? If you stay here long enough, it will rub off on you. Collectively over the years, because it's not a matter of, you know, the, um, the leadership of the church or the apex leadership of the church. It's a matter of collectiveness. The little seed that probably was deposited in the, in the, in the, in the pastor or whoever, you know, as others were coming, it gets sharpened, all gets pulled together. Nobody plants a single seed of, of maize. Some of you don't know where maize is. It doesn't come from shelf in Tesco. We plant it. We don't plant a single seed. When we plant, like how many of you plant? Some of you. Three, minimum. Just open the ground, put it there. In the old Israel, they scatter it, actually. They just scatter it because they've tilled the ground. The ground is soft, and they think find a way of sinking down. What I'm simply saying is that there's nothing that becomes something just by a single seed. I'm just telling you that a collectiveness over time, there's something in this place. Have you tapped into it? If it's excellence, have you tapped into it? If it's decision to say, look, we are set on this project and God will see it through for us. In faith, we've never failed in that. Haven't you noticed? You never failed in that. Irrespective of the fact that sometimes, remember when we were by center, and uh, I asked the team, I said, look, I told some of you the story. You know the story now? This place was the first place we bought with a few rooms there. And then we bought a three-story building next to the glory of God, all fully paid for. Group of students we were when we they all started. Well, I was not a student. Well, kind of a student. Just finished my postgraduate. And then um, when we were buying, I said, look, I've been involved in this. Oh, that's right. We got mystery. There was absolutely no money. In fact, the, the, the team came up to me and said, Pastor, I hope you will share this thing. I laughed. You know, over time when you have tested God, you, you stay confident. There's something about you that said, you did it before, we we'll do it again. Do you know if I apply it to my own personal projects as well? I mean, the thing got to a point, no money. You say, just give money. People are not giving anymore. We just didn't have the money. And I said, they came to me. And they still, tomorrow, they were surprised. I didn't play lottery. I didn't steal money. I didn't even beg. As usual, donations were coming in. We need to ask the bank. The bank willingly said, if you need some money, we'll give you in the temporary, finish the work, then you can pay us back. So, if that is a characteristic of the house in which you are, that when a project is started, they find a way of finishing it. Buy into that. Amen? That's part of your spiritual DNA. Hallelujah. Fruitfulness. 
right from the top, you redeem Christian church of God. I'm keen into that. There must be abundance of fruitfulness in the house. Those things are not optional. They are the things that are part of what God has wired into it. Amen. All right. Last point so that we can pray. Exploit making capacity is not static or permanent. Aspire to be an exploit maker and keep growing in it. Amen. It grows. Amen. Esau started out disorganized and everything was not working for him. Suddenly, the guy started growing again. Hallelujah. Suddenly, he started making progress. And then the same thing is true for you. I have a pressure that we should pray now. Amen. 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 Who wants to do exploit for the Lord here? Are you sure? All right, good. Praise God. Then do you know the other part of that? Then you will prosper. So, I don't want to, if I do want to prosper for the Lord, I'm to be hope. That is good. But if you want to do exploit for the Lord, then God will supply what you need to use to do exploits. Hallelujah. And little, little things like that, little, little things like that, you have here as for. Okay. You know when we were singing the opening song this morning, just to let you know some of the things that can be transferable. When we were singing the opening song this morning, when we got to the verse in uh, when the martyrs are killed and something like that, yeah, no, this is not what you think I was going to talk about. I just want to tell you that grace of God can increase in people's lives beyond what they are thinking. I noticed that our organist, because let's assume he was playing the organ at that time, or the pianist, he then went from fortissimo, he went from loud to very slow. To very low. He dropped it. And I was wondering, I said, why would you do that, Femi? Normally when we do that is because we have the song sheet in front of you, which will have marked F, 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 P, 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 or M, F, or whatever. So he dropped it. I said, hmm. And I was thinking that maybe we still, and some, some, some of the people leading, they also follow suit. And that's exactly the way to play it. I was saying, wow. You know, little things like that, it just tear my heart. I said, Lord, there's no limit to where you can take it. Do you know that somebody can come into this room and pick that and can promote somebody to a place of honor? Just be saying, wow, that's uncommon. Because those are, those are all time ways of playing. Every part of the song has been well scripted. Well, we don't do too much scripting because we do a bit of it, but not too much. But when it comes to hymns and things like that, and something bad in me, and I said, Lord, take all this, your children, very high. Take us beyond. Sometimes, sorry, because they are the only people constantly. The technical have been incredible. They are behind the scene. They've done incredible work through this pandemic. I, one of these, when we all get back to church, we will all give them a standing ovation, sincerely. Or oh, you want to start giving it now. But well, it's going to be full. I don't, I, I don't. Oh, incredible guys. And if you know me, I push them hard. Everything, I said, look, you need to do that more. Everything moves smoothly, transition, nothing, nothing all over the place. And people get happy that, you know, you, you, God is moving in our midst. We sit down over there in the choir as well. They've done an incredible work. Whether the instrumentally, sometimes when, when, when they are living, of course, David had the privilege of leading a lot more than sometimes there's just this unction over the place. I'm telling you that the gifting of God is already flowing in the house. It's going to multiply. 
Or is he the drummer sometimes? Was it last week that uh, Jesse was drumming? Just did a riff like that. I look up. I said, where, where was that coming from? I think Jesse was drumming. I mean, combining the thumbs with the... Uh, what I'm talking... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking you to an area of my... But what, what I'm simply talking to you about, brethren, is that God wants to do something great in our lives. Are you hearing me? Uh, camera, can you catch me? Oh, that's good. Uh, normally, I preach all over this place, but everything is scripted. You must be behind there. If we can have a temporary one, do we know all those? I grew up in a very traditional setup. We will pray in a minute. Let me just joke a little bit. I grew up in a traditional setup where we have high places of preaching. Have you seen it before in those cathedrals? Maybe we should have one like that. I just put it in one corner. So I will climb up there, all this roaming around. Especially the day I had some guest ministers. <laughs> I said, sir, we don't, I'll just roll the thing out. <laughs> I said, that's where, so you just stay there. Hallelujah. But today, we know that God is working in our midst. He will prosper us. I say, He will prosper us. In every dimension of our lives, He will prosper us. And I cited those examples just as samples of what God can do and is doing. Are you listening to me carefully? Some of you, you will enter into a definite realm of material blessing very soon. And I mean it. I'm not saying it for your amen because I know the amen for that should be loud. It should be loud. There's nothing wrong with that. But truly and indeed, because I'm sensing something already, that God will take us beyond where we are. There's a way to do it, and that's what we'll do now. Ezra chapter 6 verse 14. That's the way to get it done. And with that, we will pray. Hallelujah. So the elders of the Jews built. Somebody say amen. amen. The elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Agai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo. Hmm. Is that the way you spell Edo? And they built and finished it. Hallelujah. They built and finished it. The elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Agai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. And they built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Bible scholars, how did they prosper? Number one. Put it on the screen for them. Let's do a quick study. Quick, 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 quick. The old verse, please, if you can. If you can squeeze it there. Good. How did they prosper? Prophecy number two, thank you. Commandment of God, number three. The commandment of kings. Uh, <laughs> when kings say it must happen. When they said that you must get that contract. When rulers and captains, they said you must give him that appointment. They said there are five contenders. The man said, I don't know why, but it's him I want. He said, sir, sir, sir. He said, it's him I want. That is not ordinary. So there are steps in prophesying. Sorry, there are steps in prosperity. Because some of you will be pulled from nowhere. 
You will be demanded to rise to the next level. You know why? Because you have been crying in your heart, you will be a sign. A young man testified here last week of, you know, and that's just one of the least of what we will see here. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. Of course, when God commands it, who can stop it? He said, by the commandment of God of Israel. And then everybody fall in line. Might be a good time for you to look up unto God right now. Are you ready? Join me and let us pray. Whichever way, just preferably let's rise up. I think I've been standing. Please join me. Hallelujah. 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 Say, Father. Father, please release my word of prosperity to my prophet or prophets. Let me explain. He said, the Lord your God will send a prophet after in my manner. That was Moses saying. So the prophet is Jesus. You know him. But he has raised many, the prophet with capital P. But he has raised many prophets with small p. And through them, he has been speaking to people. There must be people who will speak to your life. Do you have them? Do you have a prophet? Please don't go to white garment. I'm not, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe your house fellowship leader might be your prophet. Maybe that sister, that's your prophet. Might be your parish pastor, that's your prophet. That you make up your mind, I'm going to church today, Lord, I want a word. You spoke it to me, I want confirmation. Oh Lord, I've been struggling this, I'm not hearing clearly, there's so much confusion. Lord, I want a word. And as he or she mounts up, the first word that's spoken is about your situation. That's what prophets do. He said, by the word of Agai and by the word of Zechariah, the son of Edo, they prospered. And today, if you're in the room and your hearts are crying, or your heart is, let me individualize it and personalize it, is crying unto God towards the end of this prayer. I will ask the Lord to give utterance. And your situation shall be spoken into. That's if you are willing and ready. Because in Hosea, I think that should be chapter 12, verse 13. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. H-O-S-E-A. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. Any crash in the computer there? By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. Amen. And by a prophet, what? It was preserved. That it didn't die in the wilderness. You won't die in the wilderness. You know the project you have started, if you don't finish it, it is a death in the wilderness. The school that you have started, you come out and you cannot get a good job with it. You know, that's a death in the wilderness. Because that's not your destination. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. You say, Father, send my word to me today. In the name of Jesus, let your word come forth to me through my prophets and prophets, oh God. You will hear some here today. You will hear another place. It might be a brother that will take up a phone and call you and speak into your life. It might be a sister. It might be somebody. But the Lord has raised men and women. If you will believe them, he said, believe the Lord your God, believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. 
Believe the Lord, believe his prophet. Say in the name that's above all names, Lord, 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 send a word to me. Send a word to my family. Send a word to my situation. Send a word through my prophets that you have raised, O oh God. Raise them for me, O oh God. He didn't mention what They mentioned two. So it's very possible that God can send the word through the mouth of two or three witnesses so that the truth might be established. Not the one that you walk or you try to manipulate to get into place. You keyed into it and God did it for you. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You say, Father, please command my prosperity today so that I may do exploits for you. Command my prosperity today. Command my prosperity. Command my intellectual prosperity. Command my wisdom prosperity. Command my material prosperity. My spiritual prosperity. Oh God, so that I may do exploits for you. Anoint me, oh God, for exploits, oh God. Anoint me, oh Lord. He said, but they that know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. In, in, in Daniel chapter 12, and concerning you today, 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 the Lord we command. The Lord Lord, we command, as we read in Ezra chapter 6, verse 14, and the Lord God of Israel commanded prosperity. When the Lord say prosper, you will prosper. When the Lord say enlarge, you will enlarge. When the Lord say move up, you will move up. In the name of Jesus. Lift your heart unto the Lord. God is releasing something to somebody here today. We are not here just to just talk. We are here to receive as well, to be impacted, to be moved to the next level. Thank you, heaven. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Let your amen be loud and clear. You will prosper. Your body will prosper. Uh -uh. I say you will prosper. Your body will prosper and be fruitful. Whatever man has said, it is short. The Lord will open it so that you can blossom in the name of Jesus. Nothing shall die that's supposed to live in your body. Everything that's supposed to be alive and living for your function, let them come back alive in the name of Jesus. You will prosper. By the word of the Lord, of that prophet, spoken through my mouth as just a servant of the Lord. If you want to borrow the word, our prophet now, I speak to you in the name that's above all names. You will never live in any form of poverty again in the name of Jesus. Spiritual poverty shall be over. Health poverty shall be over. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Blossom in the name of the Lord. Be fruitful in the name of the Lord. Through you many shall come to know the Lord in the name of Jesus. And everything in your lineage that you have missed before, ah, collect yours right now in the name of Jesus. Some of those things that are credit to you, part of your will, because some of those good things, they are wills that have been willed for you. They may not have been written in black and white, but they are wills for you. I say today, standing in the name of the Lord as an administrator of that will, spiritually speaking, receive your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. If you are from the line of conquerors, you will be a conqueror. If you are the line of fighters and warriors who win, you will be a winner in the name of Jesus. Every wisdom that is pending that's supposed to be your portion, receive yours right now in the name of Jesus. Receive yours with Christ-like interest. 
Christ-like interest. Let the hand of the Lord be upon them. And let it be well with you. Finally, say, Father, command rulers, captains, directors, kings, presidents, Keep mentioning them, command them, command them, command them to help me and usher me into my prosperity. Command them, oh God, all these people that have got authority that you've given unto them to help me and usher me. That's why you will receive a phone call this week in the name of Jesus. A good phone call at that. Because God will have commanded them so that they can help you. As he commanded Darius, as he commanded Cyrus, as he commanded all Artaxerxes, three kings in a row, he commanded them. One, one, anyone want to break rank, the other one will say, no, we're not stopping. We need to help this person. The other successor of that director, the other successor of that head of department, is saying that, no, 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 we're not going to help you. No, the Lord said, you will help him. You will help him. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, command them, command them, and release me into my place of prosperity in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Lord, in your name we receive that which you have received unto us this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Nobody's basket will be empty as we are going home. You will come back and testify. We shall be exploits makers for Jesus in the name of Jesus. We shall shake this generation out of this house shall proceed men and women of substance, captains of industries, great evangelists, apostles and prophets of Jesus, mighty ministers unto the Lord, minstrels and incredible musicians that will shake this world. I speak over you, church. Receive it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wise men, the kings and rulers will seek their opinion, will arise from amongst you. And it shall be for the praise of the name of our God. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, called out to show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, to show forth the glory of God. I say to you, show forth the glory of God. Receive the word of the Lord. And no error or sin shall have dominion over you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Give praise to the Lord. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.